Welcome to Empower to Grow, the podcast. I am your host, Hanan Al-Basha, the business doctor. Following our conversations with empowered women who woke up one day and consciously claimed, I am more than enough. I am worthy. I am empowered to grow. And along their empowering journey towards realizing their own potential and their quest for growth, they became a beacon of hope and guidance for others. May you also find your inner power to grow. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Empower to Grow. This is your host, Hanan al um, I'm smiling already because I've already connected and we're, we've already done our episode, but we're going to record it for you guys. <laughs> Tonight, I have the amazing, the bubbly, the very energetic Audrey Cavanessia. Um, and she is the chief content officer of, let's say, eight podcasts till now. <laughs> She's on three of them, at least. She is a master content creator. She's also all about, she's an experienced leadership consultant. And um, I want to say um, a storyteller as well on sure. so many levels. Yep. Right. So Audrey, thank you. And welcome to the episode. Oh, I'm so excited. Whatever's <laughs> going to happen next, I'm excited already. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so the starting point for me is always about empower to grow. What does that phrase mean to you? How did it resonate when you kind of read, okay, podcast is empowered to grow? You know, it's interesting because that, that in terms of resonating with me, had I been in my 20s or my 30s, maybe even the beginning of my 40s, I would have had completely different answers at any point there. Just sitting mm -hmm. now, not only at this point in time in my age, uh, in this point in time in history, with everything yep. that we're all experiencing, it, 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 to me, it, it truly is about being true to yourself, listening to the subtleties. There's so mm -hmm. much noise out there. We are yeah. in this time and place where we're inundated with conflicting information. It's accessible to us night and day. We've, we've disconnected and forgotten our own, you know, circadian rhythms, if you will. Oh um, God, you know, everything this. that's <laughs> Right? Everything that's connected to the universe and, and knowing, us knowing that we, there's nothing distinct from a plant and my arm and my mind, and it's all energy. Yeah. And so think about if we just stop and take stock this moment and, and we think of everything, everything that we're dealing with, everything that we're contending with, the fear, the sadness, the rage, the anger, the betrayal, the, the hurt. There is so much left unhealed. Yeah. There's just so much left unhealed. And you can't heal something. If half of you is in the past, the other half is concerned about the future mm -hmm. because it's only right now in the present where we can breathe, where we can slow down and mm -hmm. we can let it in and we can say, how do I feel right now? What do I have to say about what's happening? What do I think about what's being requested of me? And mm -hmm. this is something that for all of us, women, uh, uh, non-binary, wh whatever you represent in, in our ecosystem of community for what you are here to contribute, it is the most important time in history that we can now actively do that. So when I think of empower and grow in the same sentence, this is all that, that my mind is on. That's absolutely it. Speaking in the present moment, living the moment, healing the past. So you empower yourself to grow into your future. That's right. Absolutely love that. 
talk about a very completely different perspective on the statement. I love this. Because <laughs> every time I ask the question, it is amazing because of your life experience, because of your like kind of singular worldview lens of whatever you've gone through, you can manipulate, not manipulate it. You can um, understand it in a completely different way. And that is the amazing. Okay, now from that perspective, you are empowered to grow and you are empowering others through everything that you do. Can you tell us a bit more about your story, please? Yes, my whole story or my present story? Whatever, <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever you can well, share. Well, I think my whole story actually lends itself exactly contextually to what, you know, we were just talking about the present and listening to oneself and, you know, having a cue on that because um, in terms of my unique view of the world and my unique experience of it, I um, come from a lot of dichotomies, a lot mm -hmm. of polar opposites. So I was um, an immigrant parents. So I was first generation American and that lends itself to a whole world of not having a sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. and finding totally relate. <laughs> yes. And then my mother is white, 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 blonde hair, blue eyes. And my dad is dark, 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 kinky hair. And we're fellow curly sisters here, yeah. right? And so where do I fit in? And mm -hmm. in a lot of cultures, and I'm sure you understand because you have that internet, international touch point, right? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of cultures that are dark from all over the world exist inside of caste systems. So they, they, whether it's an overtly stated caste system or whether it's a covert latent uh, caste system, mm -hmm. you come to the United States and, and a lot of people that are darker think I'll be better off if my children are lighter They'll be better mm -hmm. off if they don't have our accent. We'd be better off if we distance ourselves. Not all cultures. I'm not, you know, laying it on everybody, but for the ones yes. like myself who experience that, it's very painful because as a child you look and you already don't belong because you know your family is different. They eat different weird food. You go to school and your lunchbox. Nobody wants to trade food with you because you got liverwurst sandwiches and momo saltado and all kinds of weird. They're like, what is that? You know, you don't have a Twinkie. Where's your Twinkie? We didn't. We weren't allowed to have Twinkies. So, so those are all the things that you make communion with, that you connect with people by That's food, true. by language, by your, how you look, your acceptance, your hair, your eyes, your size. Um, and all of those things were not right. Yeah. And, and to have also in my mind that my father chose my mother's from Germany. Then for me, I look at her and I looked at everything on television at that time, everything that was, you know, pretty much exalted as beautiful. And I mm -hmm. am not that. I am yeah. not that. Yeah. So that was a big part. So there was very early on with experiences that I had and just trauma that I, I experienced growing up with sometimes things where, where we have historic issues in our family that come long mm -hmm. before our parents were ever born. Yep. Was the generational wounds. <laughs> The generational wounds, <clears throat> I inherited those two and I, I made a decision very early on that I would be strong, that no one would penetrate mm -hmm. this veil. And so, you know, you can already tell as a young girl, that's going to be a painful life this year <laughs> if you've got a concrete wall between you and everyone else. And, you know, it's interesting because the world rewards that strength in how yeah. we've designed, especially in the US, you know, you get ahead and you're impenetrable, you don't show emotions, you go, 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 you are workaholic, you work 10 times harder than people, you get rewarded. Meanwhile, you're slowly dying inside or your voice is so muted, you forgot what it sounded like. 
So early on, I stepped into a choice of being in the entertainment business. I, I, I knew that's what I was going to do. And that's where my storyteller bar comes in. And I, um, and I did, I toured all over. I went to Los Angeles and was in the union and was on television. And, but I was introduced to a seminar on personal development. And when mm. I went, I was blown away. I had never seen anything like that. I had never been introduced. It had elements of what I had been trained in, in the entertainment business of captivating a crowd and pulling them all in and involving them at a mm -hmm. common level. Um, but it had something that wasn't there in entertainment. And that was each one of those people walked away with their lives transformed. And whatever that was, I was like, I want that. And I, I want myself, part of that. Yep, I that's it. <laughs> all of that, right? And so I, I threw myself in and it was, you know, years and years. I mean, some of those people were like former Navy SEAL people. I was almost always the only woman. I mean, forget about woman of color, only woman. Yep. And, and I rose to the ranks because of that concrete wall that I had built. I could mm -hmm. survive anything, not to survive, but excel. So I reached the top of my game. I was somebody who would lead to tens of thousands of people. I was somebody who could train other leaders. I was somebody who could go into corporations and transform corporations, multi-billion dollar corporations. And I was somebody who could design inside of intellectual properties. I could go anywhere and design a methodology. So I was, you know, kind of an interesting one of, you know, you don't typically on a sports team get a star player who can also be a coach or a coach yeah. who can also be a star player. So I was very unique in what I did. So people like Tony Robbins and all those that worked with them. And then I hit this point and these are the subtle places where I allowed that voice of mine to come through and it served me so well. Um, but I had another transition that happened and that was where I started to see, huh, what if I took the storytelling background that I had and then I took this ability that I have fundamentally and positively impact yes to positively impact people the, the architecture of designing a movement and transmuting and alchemizing what if i brought them together mm -hmm. given how things were going and so i went to lucas film the the studio in, yeah. in the san francisco bay area and i just tucked myself in there and i wound up getting mentored for two years by george lucas's producing partner Wow. Okay. I learned everything, everything about IP, mm -hmm. about game, you know, uh, animation, films, international deals, the whole thing. And when I walked out, I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I didn't know what that mm -hmm. would be, but I just, you know, thought and listened to, and I opened up my own agency. Now in my forties, opening up my own agency, not having a portfolio, not ever having had a client in this arena, feeling like a fool going door to door, talking to CEOs basically, and them going, oh yeah, you're, you're, your, you know, your vision sounds amazing. Who is your clients? No one, never, <laughs> nothing. I have no website. Please, I have no <laughs> Please give me lots of money in my hand. So, um, but three months of that, again, with that, you know, that fierce strength that I had, three months of that, I landed the seventh richest person in the world. And I launched, helped launch an island. And my concept or my thesis was that one of the missing elements that in a movement for people is context that so many people go between, do I agree with that? Do I not agree with that? Do I like that? We live in a very binary world. It's designed that way. It's not that the world is like that. No. We designed it, humans designed it that way. Mm -hmm. And so I was coming at it from a non-binary ecosystem approach from a contextual layer. So how I designed the marketing, how I did the videos, they weren't assets. They were all linked together in a common vision. 
my approach wasn't to build a business. It was to align from the very beginning, lots of other businesses to say, how can we all feed off of one another and live and survive and grow with one another? So I had a radically different approach. Exactly. You've just disrupted the whole industry, actually a few industries just saying. Yeah, exactly. So I, it, it started happening within here, this island that was just hemorrhaging financially and, and the, the, the indigenous people not being able to have what they need, not being cared for and respected and honored, the land not being honored and respected for, for decades. And they couldn't ever turn it. A billionaire was already there. Murdoch had already owned it and had tried to just pour money in to turn it into a travel destination. Nothing worked. And after this approach and all the work that happened within four years, it's one of the top destinations in the world to go to. It's won many awards. It's now, you know, right up there with St. Bart's. And, and that billionaire opened up their portfolio. It was Larry, Larry Ellison of Oracle. He opened up his portfolio and said, okay, do this with a nonprofit and do this and do that. And after a period of time, um, he said, you know what you should do? You should go into biotech and biomed because you have this ability to take the complex and make it very palatable and engaging and again, storytelling, right? And I said, great, and I did. And I I wound up connecting with, not long after, a company that was launching in the clinical trial arena in the area to make Mm -hmm. democratizing the clinical trial process. Okay, okay. And again, launched a startup with two people that had never been in the tech business. Mm -hmm. And within five years, the company is now public. Wow. It's a mega company. And so, you know, just projects like that, one after the other. And, and I wound up in Seattle out of a meditation that I had, cause I'd never been to Seattle. I knew absolutely nobody in Seattle. Everybody that knew me, I was in Venice beach for 16 years said, what are you doing? You built your entire portfolio, all your relationships. Why are you going to Seattle? That's like taking 10 steps backwards. And I said, because there's just something in my mind and in my heart, I should be there. And mm-hmm. I got up and I moved here. And um, two years later, I get introduced to Pete Carroll. I don't know anything about football or sports. I had no idea who he was, but here's the whole, how I, how I got here. I had spent two years just get, going in and diving into words like hope and belief and love instead of take charge, go get them, take yours, boss yeah. lady. Yeah. <laughs> words that, nothing wrong with them. I just trafficked in them for many decades, right? And I, I wanted to to nuance my experience of life. And so I sit with Pete on our first call and he says to me, here's the thing I'm trying to do. I want to bring more love and caring into the world, into everything that they do. And I thought, my goodness, this is what I've been spending the last two years just trafficking in and and what I'm doing. And here's this man who's in the most cutthroat, hardcore, competitive sport in the world. And he's talking about love and caring people. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm in. Whatever this is, I'm in. And so we, we had a lot of conversations, him, his daughter, Jamie, um, Pete, and myself, and, and his wife. And we dove in and we decided to create a media company. And the cornerstone of the media company is where caring meets performance. That yes, we can grow things. Yes, we can build things. But what if we built them all on the foundation of caring? What if we built everything? Not that we all have to agree. But what if everything was built that way? So it's, it's extremely powerful that my entire team, month after month, we just feel like we're evolving because it's not just something we're doing outwardly. Internally, we recontextualize our approach and what we do by saying, oh, okay, what if I brought love to this? How would I do it differently? So, yeah. And that's Amplify Voices, the podcast. And that's Amplify Voices. 
amongst the portfolio of other yeah it's a media company and what i do is really truly focused on finding voices that are out there that are exemplifying where caring meets performance in every possible way and diversity and equity and inclusion and leadership and communication and and for educators and parents and young people. So we're very focused on the business sector because we think that's a place where it's very missing. Mm -hmm. And we're very focused on empowering the parent, educator, young person dynamic because we feel that it's not two adults and a child or a young person, it's three collaborators, three human yes. collaborators in mm -hmm. a very essential time. So we're you know, just finding us at Amplify Voices. You could see just this whole range and all of these different colors and types of people and just all of our guests, all of our episodes, all of our hosts are more diverse than the other. And, and we just feel like that's a really great example of what we can be in the world. It is. Wow, I love that. And, and it's funny, that's why I, now I know why we connected so hard. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is on a core level, the connection, because everything you said, I resonated with uh, mm. from the, the overperforming, from the go, 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 because there are more accolades and more certifications and more something to do to the hang on a second. OK, there is a voice. It's very faint. I just don't know what it is and where it's stemming from to yeah. discovering um, self-development and um, <clears throat> excuse me and um and opening up my heart and my mind to be coachable and to understand yes. that there's a lot more. And this, this has changed the trajectory of my life. Yes. And this has been the past four years, four and a bit for me as well. And I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to positively impact other people's lives and, yes. and coming from this place of abundance of, you know, I've got so much, I've got so much love. I've got so much um, empathy. I've got knowledge. I've got the experience. I've got all this, and I just can't wait to share it. And I think this is where, this is where the narrative changes for everyone. And this is where the generational traumas start kind of getting interrupted when we start saying, "Hang on a second, there is more that we can do on a on a personal level," and that kind of creates that ripple impact effect. Yes, absolutely. Yep. So from that perspective in this full-on journey that I love, <laughs> yes. um, what advice would you go back and tell your 19-year-old self? Oh, my goodness. Be patient. Ooh, okay. Be patient. It all works out. You know, I think that's, uh, that, again, that coming from that place of like, oh, you got to say yes to this because what if you miss the, the fear of missing out and, and I've got to do this and I got to be better than I, I got to look like this. This isn't it. That's it. And that's it. All of that is there's no real power in who I was and what my contribution was and my unique purpose, just as I'm speaking to myself, but in terms of I'm really speaking to everybody, it's like the examination of when you walk in the room, what exists that didn't exist when you were not there. Mm -hmm. So therefore that's your service. That's your contribution. And so much of it's like, oh, I'm not going to say anything right now because I'm not enough or it's not smart enough or it's not, you know, I think women so much uh, so deal with imposter syndrome. And to me, imposter syndrome is just fundamentally not honoring yourself. And so if you keep doing that, there's these little micro betrayals when your voice says, ah, let's say this. And when you shut it down, you're betraying the beauty of you you're betraying the thing that makes you great and i know it's scary because that's the way they set it up they mm -hmm. set it up so that we would be scared of our own voice yep. 
So the yeah. minute that we are also suppressing that, that's the betrayal. And it's the ultimate betrayal because no one can betray you like yourself. Mm -hmm. That's the real pain. So uh, I just think though, looking at that 19 year old and just saying everything you have right now, that's all you need. That's all, that's you, need. all you need. That, that what you have, all the, what people call baggage and all the beauty and all that, that's perfect. That's exactly what you need for your journey. So you don't have to look any place else and you can just, you know, go through the process and, and experience whatever the journey, wherever the journey takes you. And I, that would have been a radically different life had somebody said that. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's been so important for me now to, you know, have that 19 year old yeah. be able to hear it on this podcast and be able to say, oh, okay. You know, someone on that other side of the journey is, is, is giving me a heads up. Hey, follow the roadmap of yourself. <laughs> It's good. You'll make it. Okay, good. Got it. <laughs> but that's the point is, is when had we embraced all of what we are, all of us, yeah. then we would have, because I know because I'm resonating in my own story, I, I would have showed up in a completely different light in a completely different context. Um, that being said, I now I'm happy that I'm kind of um, falling into who I am and to the core and listening to who I am, um, going against the tide and against the norms and against the societal conditioning. But yep, understanding that you've got all you need, all you need to be uniquely you, to create that unique That's version right. of yourself and that story of yourself. That's right, completely. Other end of the spectrum then. <laughs> That's like, right. If we use a time capsule, what would you like your 90? your old self to thank you for today? What would I like my 90 year old self to thank me for today? Yeah. Everything that I said in this conversation, that I listened, mm -hmm. that I listened. And that's okay. I mean, I think if you're 70 and you're just starting to hear your voice, that's exactly when you were supposed to start hearing your voice, you know? So there's no, the feeling of regret is there. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I mean, there's, I'm human. We're all human. So of course we're gonna have that experience, but that I'm doing it wherever I'm at at 90. I, I'm sure that that 90 year old Audrey would be like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't have got here if you weren't there. Your 50s, Audrey. <laughs> I was like, oh, is she, isn't she? <laughs> exactly. She did, she did. No, she, listened. she listened to her voice. Wow. Okay. Talking about voices, you have a very strong voice. So you're on a stage again, and you're talking to tens of thousands of women. And the talk is about being empowered to grow. What would be that last message you leave them with? <clears throat> you know, the interesting thing for me is how focused we are on mental health. Mm -hmm. And I think that the very, I think we should, we should, Yes, focus on it. But at the same time, I think the, the, we should look at it, the absurdity of it by saying, what if we took so much focus on our left hand? Mm -hmm. It's part of us that's equally important than everything else. So why is it stigmatized? Why can't we talk about it? Why are we so related now to our heart with our wearable things and our heart rate? And every time we go to the doctors, they check our heart rate, but nobody tells us that our brain is the remote control. 
Mm-hmm. It is what gives us access to our hormones, our emotions. We can retrain it. We can build new grooves. It gives us access to healing, but it also, when we quiet it, we get access to the higher consciousness. So the brain is a gateway and, and, a, and a functional component to everything. I, I think it's very strange that we're saying mental health, like, oh my gosh, mental Yes, let's all learn how to use this very important part. You know how you run around the house when you can't find your remote control? Where is it? Is it in the couch cushion? Where is it? (laughs) Why don't we have the same relationship to learning this amazing thing about our brain? Why Mm -hmm. do we go to the end of our lives only using, utilizing a small portion of it? And that's because we're not present. It's like all of us with our iPhones and our Androids. How many of us have read the manual? Not me. I'll tell you that much. That thing costs $1,100 and I only know how to go text, email, <laughs> whatever the basic function, Instagram, app, apps, you know, I know it does amazing things. I just have not read the manual. And I think that's the same thing. And based on the distinctions of our hormones and how we come in here and how we're built, you know, we all receive information different. W- women cannot maintain in a fight or flight state as much as men are. And so much Mm -hmm. of our careers demand that of us to be in that state. We have to be very in tune with our brain. We have to be very in tune with our body. We have to be very in tune with the uniqueness of it. We have to be very in tune with our unique journeys because of what they've done. But healing is just everything. It's just everything. How do you create when something is fractured? How do you Hmm. create? You know, everybody understands that to say, oh, if you're going to paint on that wall, you've got to, you know, if you're going to put, add another room in your house, you got to make sure the foundation is the stable. Foundation everybody gets that in every other context, except for us, the most important thing, this one place we're inhabiting for the time period that we're inhabiting. So if healing, you know, healing is such a, it's probably 60% of every single one of my days that I, mm-hmm. that I'm alive now, where am I healing? How am I healing? What am I healing? Where did that reaction come from? Why am I being defensive right now? Mm-hmm. It, being in tune with my team, with people I talk, you know, talking to people and going, oh, I think if we're just very calm right now, that would be very powerful. But, you know, just everything about the focus is healing because it's, I can't say probably at any point I am healed because I'm not separate from anything else until we're this, this world, this nation, our land, until that's healed, until the, all of these centuries of pain and, and betrayal and control have, have released their grip on us and we are able mm-hmm. to heal. We're not truly universally in a state of, of, of innovation, but every moment this conversation sends an energy out. It's mm-hmm. a little beacon. Right. And all of these conversations that are happening around the world are collectively building something. And That's so right. it's so important that I not look over one single day as an opportunity to heal because that goes back to that 19 year old somewhere else in the world that it, this conversation and that butterfly on your arm and yep. flapping <laughs> up the wings, this sends a ripple all the way to that 19 year old curly haired girl who thinks she's ugly because she doesn't belong and is inundated by social media images. And if she can just get a sense of this one thing that's occurring in the world, she can say, you know what? I am enough, I'm more than enough. I'm yeah. perfect. Whoa, <laughs> I absolutely love this. And I definitely resonating with everything you just shared and definitely realized, and I think I was sharing this with you earlier, It's the the moment I started saying hang on a second 
my control center. I need to nurture that. I need to kind of revamp what's happening in there. I need to change the narrative in my head. I need to understand, actually identify the voices at the back of my head. And yes. one of the, the main ones, which I hadn't realized, but it was like pecking at me for 40 years was, who do you think you are? And that is exactly because of what you shared, the part about, yes. I don't belong. I, as an Egyptian, I was born and raised in Kuwait. So I was a third culture kid from day one. And Kuwait in the Middle East is, is a very multicultural society, which is amazing to grow up in that way. But again, the question was, who am I and how do I belong? And going back home, I'm kind of felt like a foreigner in my own home country yeah. and then back again. And it's all those kind of things where I had to stop. I had to literally time out everything and just say, hang on a second. Let me tune in. Let me listen. And let me understand that if I don't heal, the healing of my body, understanding now why my body reacts in a certain way, the fight or flight that's always activated, my sympathetic nervous system, parasympathetic, all of this, um, understanding all of this made me literally just respect and appreciate everything I've been through, understanding that my journey is just the way it was meant to be, but understanding that now it's my responsibility to take care of me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And what an, what an amazing place, you know, imagine collectively in all of our events with all of our businesses, if, if that's the conversation contextually that we're housed in, you can already get, when I talk about that wall that I built to survive, there's mm -hmm. nothing to survive. No. When you get healing and when you get what you just said and, and as a practice, because I think that's the, like, it's not, you know, something descends upon you and like, da, 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 I'm healed, <laughs> I'm done. No, it's healing only takes place in the present. Your access to healing is only in the present. Even if you're going back in history to examine, mm -hmm. it's only this moment that you can quietly say, you know, put your hand over your heart and say, okay, I feel, you know, I'm just like anxious right now. I'm so upset right now. Put your hand over your heart and say, what do you need? What, what, do you, what do you need me to acknowledge? What do you need to feel right now? And just talk to yourself and get that sense of self. I think that's so important because imagine if we were, not even all of us, because you know when you transform something, it only requires a critical mass. And people forget that a critical mass is almost like a fourth of anything. If yeah. that critical mass builds, there's an energy and a momentum that starts to ripple over and it changes the landscape. It shifts the context, which is why now we're in a very significant paradigm shift in history because mm -hmm. of critical mass, right? Yeah. And um, so when you think about that and you think about, my gosh, imagine being in business and working and having people that are having this conversation, that's so powerful. And I think that's the thing to get present to, find people that are having a common conversation, find people that are in the healing dynamic and still understand that while healing, you can not only produce extraordinary results and build big things and imagine and create and manifest all the things that you want, but I would say, in fact, whatever you're going to manifest from that place is far more sustainable and scalable because what we're seeing right now with the big resignation, with, the, yeah. with all of the racial just hatred and all of you know, people that went through, especially those of us that are of color who went, well, actually not everybody who went through where all of a sudden you found out your friend was racist and you didn't know your friend was racist and all you found out this person loved you. Know, and you're like, what? Everything was know. dug up. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's like, I, I don't even know you, who are you? And it's, it's all of those things that people were incensed, all that fear and control 
again, on that foundation, that shaky foundation that we built this on, what we found was all of this power and control is a shortcut to results, mm -hmm. which is why even people who build the biggest things are not fulfilled. Yeah. But you can have, you know, you know, small things in life. You could be a minimalist. You could have mansions, whatever you want. You want those things. But if you're healing, you never identify that that means anything. They're just things to create like a painting on the wall that you drew or some picture that your kid did that you put on the refrigerator. It's no different. You could love it and you can love having it there, but you know, it doesn't define your life. Yeah. It's just something that you love that's creative. So I, we're going to pick this up in the Uncharted discussion, which is our second part. But for now, um, where can our viewers and listeners connect with you in virtual space? We're going to be including all the links, but I'd like you to include them as well, please. Okay, fabulous. So I think the best possible place is just to go to the website. We contain everything on there, you know, because we turn the episodes into show notes and videos and audios. And so you really get the collection of all of them. But, and we're also on all of the platforms and we're also now going into e-learning so that businesses can get access to it with their employees through Open Sesame. So if you just go to www.amplifiedvoices.io, all of the information is there in terms of the website. But if you just go to Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, anywhere that you want to go, you'll find and you put in Amplify Voices, it'll give you direct access to mine. Um, but we have podcasts like... Um, my belonging and leadership. I have a live stream podcast that then um, goes out into, you know, you can listen to it anytime after the live stream, which is called 1-800-LEADERSHIP for, you know, nice. immediate things to really take on. We have a podcast called Black Girl Burnout because the uniqueness of Black women, women, you know, Indigenous women, all that, that are what they go through on top of all the stress that's already there. We have a podcast by New York Times bestselling author around historical trauma, we have a podcast called possibilities over problems which is the relationship between educators parents and young people um, which we're really excited about we have a podcast coming out called pop of humanity which is by a black gentleman and a white gentleman who are business partners and friends for 20 years and also co-hosts and on um things that they do and in a business that they're running and and they're really lending themselves to like how they discuss their differences. So they're going to take on different topics. We have a podcast coming out called Let's Talk White Guys. Three super <laughs> successful white guys that are really talking about, you know, what, they're, what they have to contend with, their privilege and all of that. So um, there's so many podcasts in terms of how one can experience other communities and what they're talking about, but also what you're going through. So, and, and we just love, you know, definitely reach out and, and sign up for, you know, staying connected or reach out to me. I mean, anybody can, my, my email address is Audrey at PeteCarroll.com. But, um, but it's so important because I'd love to hear what people want to hear because, you know, we, that's what we're doing. We're grabbing really great podcasts and getting up underneath people and, and amplifying their voice and giving opportunities for this conversation. So, Pretty easy that. to reach out to me. And I love the diversity of everything you spoke of because I understand how what podcasting did for me personally is when, when I really tuned into to listening, I I could literally kind of peek into other places and other situations and other lives where I thought, hang on a second, you know, I'm I felt alone. And this is where I felt included in these conversations. And I think this is something that you are physically doing, literally doing, is the inclusion of the of the conversations and the topics that could have been taboo a few years ago. Yes. And we've been speaking about them and we're like, uh, you know, people cringe about this, but now like 
it's amazing how we've opened up to at least start having the conversation, the uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, absolutely. I love this. Audrey, thank you so much. I am like buzzing inside just because this, this has really uh, moved me in so many ways. I resonated so much with everything you said. Um, thank you. And I know we're going to continue our conversation, but um, thank you for joining us. Um, this has been one of those um, conversations where you're encouraged to look inward, to understand that you have everything within you, to understand that the power and the, the, the ability to transform your life is in your hands, is in your mind, is in your body. You don't need anything outside of you. And once you are healing, I won't say healed because we know we never do completely heal. Once you're yeah. healing and once you're empowered to go from the present, addressing your past, but from the present, moving forth to be empowered to grow into your future, amazing things are opening up for you. As always, I wish you love, abundance, and prosperity, and I'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Empowered to Grow podcast. For further engagement with a tribe of empowered women, join my Facebook group, Empowered to Grow, or visit my website, www.hananelbasha.com. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, know that empowered you empowers others. Love, abundance, and prosperity to you all.